Numbers 21, and I'll begin reading at verse 4 and read through verse 9. Then they journeyed from Mount Hur by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and many of the people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is bitten when he looks at it shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole, and so it was if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and we ask you to open our ears that we might see and understand uh, the message that you would have for us. We thank you, Lord, for your word and for your son. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. When I began this series, we spent an awful lot of time during the first couple of years that the Jews were outside of uh, Egypt. And it kind of gets lost as you're walking through these where time goes. And uh, just last week, we talked about Moses having struck the rock when he was commanded to speak. And yet, in the last two uh, messages that I've brought, all this time has passed. And so now, when we look at this, it's much later. I mean, this is as they're about to enter into the Promised Land. So, uh, so many years have passed since the uh, Korah's Rebellion and since Moses' discipline. And so I just don't want you to forget about that. The soul of the people became very discouraged, though, in all of these years. And what has been occurring over the last 35 to 38 years? Life. People have been dying. All of those people that God had said would die, many of them have been dying. So there is something, I believe, that's kind of different about this. It does seem very familiar, this discouragement that they're suffering. Yet it's a whole new crop of people that are experiencing this discouragement. You've got people now that have grown up from their youth and they're now adults. And they're the ones that are complaining. And they speak against God and against Moses and they say, our soul loathes this worthless bread. And so when we are discouraged, we see neither our blessings nor are we thankful for all of those blessings. And that's the situation we find these people in. They are now discouraged. They have no food and water, just as has been the case for so many years. But now they are very bitter about this. And they're forgetting just how wonderful this manna is. This is a miracle that occurs with them six days a week. And yet they're now taking it for granted. But what happens? The Lord sends fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people. And many of the people of Israel died. So there is this punishment that God immediately sends upon them for their complaints. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. This is different. This is different than most of these earlier instances that I've shared with you. 
in past instances, when the punishment begins, Moses and Aaron immediately, as representatives of the people, intercede with God, seek his forgiveness, seek his face. Here, the people start it. They initiate it. This is different. It's a wonderful change from the way it had been. So now the people admit their sin. They ask for forgiveness. They say, we have sinned. We have spoken against the Lord and you. Pray to the Lord that he take the serpents from us. But was their prayer answered? I don't think so. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a, and this is what they said. They, they came to Moses. They prayed that prayer. So Moses prayed for the people. That's the end of verse 7. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is bitten when he looks at it shall live. So see, the biting is going to continue. The people want the serpents gone. God is leaving them. But he's giving them a way to be preserved despite the biting. And he said, Look to that fiery serpent on the pole and you will live. So see, there's a, just a big difference between what I'm sharing now and what I have shared to you in the, uh, with you in the past concerning all of these failures of the Jews. And so see, now they're initiating their repentance, and God is telling them through this that this is going to continue. God doesn't remove the, the, the serpents. And it reminds me of Jesus when he gives the parable of the tares and the wheat. The enemy sows the tares, and yet they are not removed. They can't be removed, not and accomplish God's plan. So the tares remain, and they perform the role that God has given them. He did provide a remedy, though. And this serpent that was raised up that day persists for hundreds of years to be an idol in their land. And it was finally Hezekiah, who had that bronze serpent destroyed. And that's hundreds and hundreds of years later. And so they worshiped on the high places and they worshiped that bronze serpent on the high places thinking that it had saved them. And we know that to be wrong. It was that they turned and that was perceived as faith in obedience to what God had commanded. Let me uh, take you to John. I wanna read to you from John 3 starting at verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And then we have the most famous verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Christ was raised up just as that serpent in the wilderness was raised up. Now I have to ask you, why a serpent? What does that serpent typify? I believe it's no odd coincidence that a serpent is used on that pole. What is it that that serpent represents? Sin. Points all the way back to the garden and the sin of deception that the serpent deceived Adam and Eve. So now here we have sin being raised up on that pole and the people looking to that sin to be saved. And I say that intentionally because what did Christ become on the cross? 
he became sin for us. So let me read to you from John 19, starting at verse 36. For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. Not one of his bones shall be broken. And again, another scripture says, they shall look on him whom they pierced. So when they turn to look at that serpent, they're looking at Christ, pierced, made sin for us. And so faith is required to save them. They must have faith that this, what they're doing, will preserve their lives from the sting of the serpent, from the venom of the serpent. And so now, and today we celebrate it, we celebrate the, East, the Easter resurrection, we celebrate the fact that faith is what continues to save us. God saves us as we place our faith in him. Those people had to turn to that bronze serpent. And I'm sure we had many believers and unbelievers looking to that bronze serpent and living. And so see, now though, it's interesting because the antidote to the venom of sin is still as simply gained as it was then. But you have people not turning, not turning to look at the raised Christ as the antidote for the sin and the punishment for sin that they will otherwise will have to endure. So see, they merely looked at it and that deadly venom that was killing them no longer had that power to kill them. And it's the same for us. We look to Christ and the deadly venom of sin that fills our society, that still often fills our minds and hearts, is made nothing. It's rendered useless. It's rendered impotent. It will not kill our spirits. We will stand with God in the end. So see, choosing a serpent was no accident. It represented sin. And so we must also look to Christ. And so this table represents his body and blood. And what, the uh, quote that I gave you there was from uh, John 19. That was as they were about to pull his body from the cross. They broke the legs of the thieves. They did not break his in fulfillment of Scripture. And then they pierced his side in fulfillment of Scripture. All that Scripture would be fulfilled. So let's pray as we come to the table and take part in this incredible plan. Father, we thank you that uh, you knew from the garden when you prophesied that the head of the serpent would be crushed by the foot of your son. You knew in the wilderness as these people who would go on to take the promised land were being bitten by these serpents that you would preserve uh, future lives, past lives, all of the many people that have lived on this earth in faith, abandoning their own self-righteousness and instead looking to you and asking forgiveness. Father, you poured out your grace upon uh, this land and it began at the cross. We thank you, Father, for your kindness and we thank you for your presence with us in this Lord's Supper. In Christ's name we pray, amen.